the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's always a danger when a person begins to think that they've achieved such a height of spiritualness that they can see what others cannot see. Because oftentimes what they see is not something that God sends them, but what they want to see or a counterfeit message from the spiritual realm. The Apostle Paul had a lot to say to the church at Corinth, corrective type things, and he could be speaking to us today, couldn't he? Pastor Leighton Sheely is taking us through the book of Colossians, and we're about uh, oh, halfway through this study. We've dipped into it at different times throughout the past several months, and uh, we'll continue to do so. If you have missed any of these uh, studies, you can find them on the web at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. The basis of our freedom is the person and the work of Christ, all the fullness of God dwells in him. On the cross, he canceled our debt and the dominion of the law, and we as believers are under grace and not under the law. The person who judges a believer because that believer is not living under Old Testament law is really judging Jesus Christ. He's saying that Christ didn't finish the work of salvation and that Christ needs help. Something needs to be added to it. These false teachers in Colossae were claiming that you could achieve a deeper spiritual life if you practiced the law. To that, Paul said, these are a shadow of the things to come. In Plato's Republic, Plato distinguished between the shadow, or the outward appearance and reality, inward spiritual truth. Anything that is not Christ or found in Christ is merely a shadow. A shadow has no reality. The reality is what makes the shadow. That's what Paul is saying here. And Dr. J. Vernon McGee tells a story that really brings this truth home dramatically. This is what he wrote. He said, I remember that during the days of World War II, I performed a wedding ceremony of two wonderful young people here in Pasadena. Now, we knew a, a number of young men who went to war, and some of them gave their lives. Well, this young fellow was sent overseas, and while he was gone, his young bride carried the biggest purse I have ever seen. And I've seen some big ones. And in that purse, she carried a huge photograph of him. Most people carry a little bitty pictures with them. Not this girl. She carried a photograph that you could have hung on the wall. She was everlastingly drawing it out and showing it to people saying, isn't he handsome? Well, between you and me, he was a wonderful boy, but he was not handsome. Well, then the day came when the war was over and he was coming home. And she went all the way to Seattle, Washington to meet him. Now, what do you think she did when she saw him coming down the gangplank? She hadn't seen him in a couple of years. Do you think she took out the picture and looked at it? Do you think she looked at the picture and said, isn't he wonderful? I don't think she even had the picture with her. She saw him. And when she saw him, she didn't need a picture. She threw her arms around him. Why go back to the shadow when we have the reality of Christ? Throw her arms around Christ. And by turning the Colossian believers away from the reality back to the shadow, they were seeking to disqualify the believers. Let no one disqualify you 
insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. Now, the word disqualify here, it means to declare unworthy of a prize. It was an athletic term where the umpire disqualified a contestant because they had not obeyed the rules. Now, remember back then that athletic events often took place between city-states and the athletes represented their city-states. Now, if a contestant was disqualified, that didn't mean they ceased to be a citizen of the city-state from whence they came, but they forfeited the honor of winning the prize. A Christian who fails to obey God's directions does not lose his salvation, does not lose his citizenship in heaven, but he does lose the approval of the Lord and the rewards that God has promised to those who are faithful. And then he goes on, insisting on asceticism. Now, the Gnostics considered all matter to be essentially evil. And if matter is evil and the bodies are made of matter, then the body is evil. And this premise led to two faulty conclusions that were actually in opposition. One of the conclusions is that if the body is evil, it doesn't matter what you do with it. Just go and do whatever you want with it because it really doesn't matter because it's essentially evil and nothing's going to change. And then on the other hand, if the body is evil, it's got to be restrained. It's got to be chained. It's got to be starved. It's got to be controlled. And so Gnosticism can produce either complete immorality or rigid asceticism. And it's this rigid asceticism that Paul is addressing here. Asceticism is one of those tendencies that people all through the centuries have had a tendency towards when, they're, when they think they're trying to seek God. And for instance, in the Middle Ages, there are a number of famous monks who wore clothing that was abrasive to the skin, who slept on hard beds, who whipped themselves, who refused to eat or speak for days, weeks, months at a time. They were ascetics. See, on one hand, there are those who mistakenly preach that God wants every believer to be prosperous. And on the other hand, there are those who mistakenly preach that poverty is a means to spirituality or holiness or righteousness. We need to be reminded that money is not the problem. It's the love of money that's the problem. Many of the great uh, people of the Old Testament were exceedingly wealthy. We're talking about Abraham and Moses and Job and Solomon and so forth. Now, some of the translations catch a nuance I want to bring to your attention. New Living Translation says, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial. The New American Standard, let no one defraud you of keeping your prize by delighting in self-abasement. Amplified, let no one defraud you by acting as an umpire and declaring you unworthy and disqualifying you for the prize, insisting on self-abasement. Hear that word self, 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 self. The point is, is this humility is manufactured by self. It's a false humility. True humility is not manufactured by self, but is a byproduct of seeing ourselves as God sees us. More on that a little bit later. And it goes on, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels. The United Bible Society's handbook on translation says it can be expressed as bowing down before angels, praying to angels as though they were gods, or treating angels as though they are gods. The Greek word here can also be used to denote invocation or conjuration as in of evil spirits as well. 
So these false teachers were engaged in the worship of angels, thus denying that there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Seeking angels in this regard is unscriptural because the Bible teaches that angels are God's servants and it forbids worshiping them. The Apostle John was reminded of this important lesson in his experience that led to the writing of the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 19, the Apostle John wrote, Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who were invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then he added, These are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, as in worship God only. Now some angels are are fallen angels. Those fallen angels we call demons. Angels who have not fallen, who have not fallen, will not allow humans to worship them. On the other hand, Satan, who is a fallen angel and the chief of fallen angels, invited Jesus to worship him in the temptations of Jesus. Jesus' response to that was, Thou shalt worship and serve the Lord God only. Only. And he says, instead of insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions. And what he's talking about here is oriental mysticism. It's a belief that a person can have an experience with the spiritual world apart from the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And so these false teachers had visions, made contact with the spiritual realm, bypassing the Word of God and the Spirit of God. By doing that, they were opening themselves up to all kinds of demonic activity because Satan knows how to be a counterfeit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul wrote, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then that his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. And so we need to be alert because false teachers oftentimes masquerade as servants of righteousness and fallen angels masquerade as messengers of light. There's always a danger when a person begins to think that they've achieved such a height of spiritualness or holiness that they can see what others cannot see. Because oftentimes what they see is not something that God sends them, but what, either what they want to see or a counterfeit message from the spiritual realm. Worship of angels leading to these visions. Puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Puffed up has to do with pride. These false teachers were proud. What were they proud of? Their humility. You heard of the person that got the award for being humble? And then the award was taken away when they accepted the award. It's, you know, being proud of being humble. You see, true humility is seeing ourselves the way we really are. That is, seeing ourselves the way God sees us and then acting accordingly. Someone has said that true humility is not so much thinking less of yourself as it is thinking of yourself less. In other words, fill your mind and your heart first with thoughts of God and then with the concerns over the welfare of others. Or as Jesus said it, love God, love your neighbor. You see, 
True worship always humbles a person. The mind is awed by the greatness of God. The heart is filled with the love of God, and that overflows into a love for fellow mankind. And the will is submitted to the purpose of God. True worship always humbles a person. But the Gnostics were interested in this deeper knowledge and these, knowing these inner secrets, and they ended up getting puffed up. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 8, Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So many simple and yet profound thoughts from Paul to the church at Colossae. And we'll continue tomorrow at this same time with more from our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely. He takes us through the study verse by verse. We call the program Study Verse by Verse, and that's our website, studyversebyverse.com. Past programs can be listened to and downloaded there on the website, again, studyversebyverse.com. And of course, information about Church of the Highlands, and that's one of the reasons why we come to you each day, to share with you the fact that Church of the Highlands brings you this ministry. And if you're looking for a church home, consider Church of the Highlands, again in San Bruno. The website, highlands.us, that's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for being with us. We'll come back next time with another look at the book of Colossians as Pastor Layton takes us verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.